good morning and welcome. I'm doing the uh, intro bit for this morning. Um, we aren't doing communion, but we are doing something else. Our Advent theme is accepting. I'm going to share my screen so that uh, you can see that that is the thing that we are on today. So accepting. This is the picture from Scott's book for today, uh, Unease. Um, and uh, I just love that picture of Mary just holding her head going, what the heck? That I feel like I feel her in that moment. If ever there was a year to learn about accepting, this is it. We've had to accept a whole lot of change in a way that we do pretty much everything. I mean, everything is different. One of the things that changes the way that we do church together. I'm so grateful that church isn't the building. If the church was the building, we'd be hooped. But the church is the people and uh, and we're still here. The church is who we are together. And it's bigger than just us that are gathered here in this virtual room together. The church is gathered around the world in various places through various time zones um, every Sunday and we're just one of those little things. The church with the capital C is vast and varied and wonderfully diverse and as we gather together today it's good to remember that we're part of something that's huge. Even though our worlds have got considerably smaller and um, we're part of something that is enormous. Advent is the season of waiting. We're waiting for a time when we can be together safely and we can sing together safely. That'll be just wonderful. Imagine the sound that'll be that day. That'll be just so fantastic. Everybody be like, sign me up to be in the band. I want to play. Um, but for now, uh, we can't do that. We can't sing together. So we've been having communion together at the beginning, but through Advent, we are waiting. And so we are holding off on communion until Christmas Eve when we will celebrate communion together again. But um, if you'd like, if you want to sing on a Sunday morning ever, there is a set list put together for you, and that's available on the front page of our website, um, and also in the emails that you get sent. So do take advantage of that. So the theme for this morning and the candle that we're lighting, like I said, is accepting. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was accepting a lot as she responded to the angel. She said, "Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me." She didn't know the half of it when she responded like that, but she trusted. And I guess that's what accepting is for us too. Accepting is trusting. Trusting the one who's making the promise. Trusting the one who loves us the most. Trusting the one who says that he is coming. Quoting Scott from today's chapter, um, which is called Unease, he writes, You may very well find yourself in an uneasy situation. Look at the chorus of human beings in the Christmas story and you will find the same song being sung by all of them. To trust in the goodness of God in uneasy situations, just as we are invited to sing too. So let's pray together and then I'm going to ask Judy to light our candle. So let's just pray. God, I thank you that you are here, that you are present among us. We are gathered with the whole church this morning in this moment of prayer as we wait in this holy season of Advent. We prayerfully prepare to discover again the great gift that Christ is to us. Lord Jesus Christ, you are already in our midst, yet we long for you to come more fully and more deeply into our hearts. Give us patience and hope as we prepare for your coming. In the desert of our fear and anxiety, your light is calm and strong. In the wilderness of violence and despair, your light is peace and hope. 
In the desert of narrow, darkened alleys, your light lets us see to build anew. In the wilderness of our hearts, you light up our way as we prepare for you. May this candle remind us of your presence, which enlightens our minds and warms our hearts and shows us the way as we gather in the circle of its light. Amen. So Judy, if you would like to light our candle, that would be cool. Am I, am I, uh, you're muted again, Judy. Now can you hear me now? <laughs> Advent is seen as a time to prepare for the celebration of Christ's arrival and the candles are lit to signify Jesus bringing light into the world. I invite everyone to join me in the lighting of the candle on this second Sunday of Advent. And let me just turn this around. May you awaken to the inseparable love of God by the very breathing that you are not in charge of. Thanks, Judy. Jeff is going to lead us. Good morning. Um, I love that little uh, invitation, which I will read at the end of the chapter. I'm just going to show you the picture uh, some of you may have um, a uh, book that you can look at but it's it's um if you look really close you can see some interesting stuff there uh that we'll touch on as i read the chapter and you may wish to close your eyes just for a few seconds breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out paying attention to our breathing is at the heart of any kind of centering prayer and mindfulness practice. Our minds love to distract us by dancing through future plans or revisiting past memories when we're attempting to quiet ourselves. My mind's favorite move is to remind me of a song I love but have forgotten a line or two of. It's very cunning in its argument to get on Google for a second and look up the lyrics to solve the mystery. This is just the gateway to distraction. It knows that five minutes later, I'll be looking up the weather forecast for my next trip and ordering those sweatpants I convinced myself I needed in order to feel complete. Focusing on the movement of the breath in and out of your body anchors you to the present moment and slowly calms down that distracted mind. The Hebrew language has a word for breath. Ruach, I think. Ruach. It's the same word for wind and spirit. It appears throughout scripture as the spirit hovering over the deep in the beginning, as the breath God breathes into Adam, as the spirit of counsel and wisdom prophesied in Isaiah, and as the spirit that came to rest on Jesus in the form of a dove. It's a multifaceted word alluding to the hidden animating spirit from whom all life emanates. To participate in this world, 
with the seen and the unseen is to breathe in and out the air that gives life to our bodies. And with that breathing, to become aware of the spirit who gives life to that deep hidden side of us as well. Throughout the scriptures, the place to meet the divine has taken many forms, from a wrestling match, to a bush, to a mountain, to a tent, to a trunk, to a temple, but probably the most expected would be in the very lungs of a baby. One of the most amazing experiences, experiences is holding a sleeping baby on your chest, sitting, doing nothing other than feeling their little lungs move in and out, in and out, partaking in the same ruach rhythm as you do. We can control our breathing, but mostly it is an involuntary action. It's something that sustains our living while our attention is elsewhere. Same with our heartbeat. It's happening without our attention. We're not in charge of our heartbeats. We are not in charge of our breathing. So much of living is not up to our willpower. Imagine being Mary or Joseph, holding your newborn baby silently together, listening to his little breath, aware of your own breaths, three sets of inhales and exhales braided quietly together the sound of a new family, in, out, in, out. What does it say about a God who is willing to be this present with us? A God who is everywhere at once, a God whom the world cannot contain, yet who has been present with humanity in a box, the Ark of the Covenant. This is referring back to that picture I showed you at the beginning. So he's been present with us, with humanity in a box, the Ark of the Covenant, in a body, and that's the skull and the heart in the picture, in a blessing, the cup and the cross, and in our very breath. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Maybe the place we can experience the wonder of this season is in the moments we stop and listen to our very own breathing, to pay attention to the rhythm of Ruach already inside of us. And to realize that the divine is with us, not in building, sorry, and to realize that the divine with us is not in a building we must journey to, but is in the animating breath of what makes us alive. May you awaken to the inseparable love of God by the very breathing that you are not in charge of. Hang on one second. I was going to pray for Dean before he starts speaking. So let's do that. God, thank you for Dean. Thank you for um, his love of you, his pursuit of you. Um, thank you for um, the example of uh, loving you in a very real way and uh, bringing that to so many of us. Um, just uh, be with him in his very breath, in, uh, as you have been and as you will be. Um, we trust you and, uh, and we're listening to you through Dean's voice this morning. Amen. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Jeff. 
Okay, so I hope uh, you guys are enjoying uh, the Honest Advent book. It's not too late to get a copy if you haven't got one already. Uh, and get them at House of James. Um, anyway, this is what we're tracking with over this Christmas season. Um, some of the themes that that have uh, come out this morning in sort of the first part of the book, uh, accepting change. And, you know, there can be an uneasy feeling with that. Um, but you know what, we can do this. Uh, we can, Janine's following, what's her name? Your lady, we can do hard things. Oh, Glenn and Doyle. Janine follows Glenn and Doyle. And, and one of her mottos or slogans through this pandemic is, we can do this, we can do hard things. The pandemic, it's a hard thing uh, for us to get through. Uh, but we can do this. We can do hard things. And uh, the announcement that came to Mary, um, wow, that's a hard thing. And uh, she said, yes. She basically said, I can do hard things. The, on page 21, the scripture that uh, Scott referred to was John 1, 4, and 5. So that's my text this morning. And it simply says this, the word being God, Jesus, the Trinity, the word gave life to everything. Everything. Not just white evangelicals of a European descent. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to, what's the next word? If you got your Bibles open, if you got your book open on page 15, his life brought light to everyone. Everyone. That's pretty inclusive. I don't know. To everyone. Um, the light shines in the darkness. And, you know, what does darkness represent? It, it represents your pain, your alienation, anguish, feelings of rejection, feelings of disappointment, um, sin, or, you know, where you feel like you blew it. Those are the darkness that the light shines in, and the darkness can never extinguish the light. You, you light the smallest candle in a dark room, and the candle wins. Uh, so not even your sin can take it away. All people in their core being are good and worthwhile. All people in their core being are good and worthwhile. Um, and, uh, but all people often do dumb things. But uh, I, I really learned this in working in the prison. You know, this whole, um, you know, the some of those guys are there for a reason, but in their core being, if you can see through uh, decisions that they, bad decisions they've made, still in their core being, they're good and worthwhile. And what do they want? They basically want what all of us want, to be loved and appreciated. That's it. And, and the thing is, Jesus showed us this. He loved appreciating people. The struggle for him, if you read the stories correctly, was actually the religious people. 
religious people who thought they had it all together. Um, the, uh, I think I saw it best in the Matthew series. Uh, there's lots of movies made of the life of Jesus, but there was a group with the actor Bruce Marciano uh, who did a Matthew series of the life of Jesus. And I really believe it captured it the best because people could say, oh yeah, like Jesus was loving, but, but remember, you know, how he like went at the Pharisees, the religious type and like really called them down, whitewashed tombs. And so, you know, Jesus was mean. And so he can be mean sometimes. But when Bruce, Bruce Marciano acted that part, he was weeping, calling the religious out of their arrogance and out of their sin of certainty and out of their sin that they thought they were the only ones that God really loved. And those are the ones Jesus had trouble with. Those are the ones he passionately called them out of that. Still, no violence in his work there. So Jesus showed us this. Uh, Jesus is still crying about the arrogant church today. He, he says in, in John, he says, you think you know God because you think you know your Bibles. He says, but you're wrong. Last week, Scott Erickson, uh, the writer of the book, he focused on uh, that part where the psalmist says, God knew us uh, in our inner being and created us, creating us in the womb, in that incredible place of vulnerability. Um, uh, that statement is just so powerful, just showing that we come from love. When we die, we go back to love. And unfortunately, sometimes in the living, we get lost. And this is the, the point of church, is to call us back to love every time. Just the whole way Jesus came as a baby, vulnerable. That vulnerable. Then he had that picture on page 118 where uh, Jesus is getting his diaper changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, nothing of any significance in our lives happens without honest vulnerability. Um, you know, uh, when you think about it, when someone dies, they're not lying on their bed going, oh, I wish I would have stayed at worked more at the office. You know, oh, I wished I would have like made more money. I, I wish, you know, you know what they're doing on their deathbed? It's all about the vulnerable times. Um, it's the vulnerable times of life that feed the soul. Uh, religiously, spiritually, or even just as a human. Uh, God says, you are wonderfully made, and you come from love, and you go back to love. He gave you light and life, and nothing can be added or taken away from that. Um, revelation, which is revealing or understanding something, it means coming to believe this. Um, it's revealed to you that you are wonderful. Um, 
Uh, on page 18, uh, Scott says, Revelation is hard. 